Remember guys, this program is for educational purposes only and fits within YouTube guidelines in the context of science. Hey, what's going on guys? Today on Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I discuss the best pre-workout steroids. Now, it's a 30-minute conversation, so we have timestamps below if you want to skip around. Uh, after that, we go to a client spotlight. And hey, shout out to Andrea Watson, my client, for having won her overall over the weekend. Congratulations. From there, we go to listener questions. And if you guys want to take part in the next show, then comment below. We'll try our best to tackle your question on the next episode. This week, we're asked, is Primo supposed to be a painful injection, minocycline, and other antibiotics used while on cycle? We discussed the multiple patterns pathways to the androgen receptor, the DHT, test, progesterone, and how do you build a cycle with those things in mind? Best over-the-counter liver supplements, plus a bunch more, guys. If you guys enjoy our content, then do us a favor, hit the like button, and if you haven't subscribed, we'd love to have you along because we have several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week, tons of entertainment and education. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Let's get to it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com, high-quality third-party tested supplements that you can trust. Uh, use our code THINK for some additional save savings. Dave, you're back from vacation, and now I have been ousted holiday. from my stu well, holiday. Sorry. Thank you. Holiday. And I've been ousted from my studio. So I'm, I had to go. I moved back in with my parents. Scott has no internet at home. <laughs> what we can't work out is whether he's broke it because he's downloaded too much porn or whether he's too cheap to pay for it or whether his neighbor changed the Wi-Fi password so he can't pig piggyback anymore. It could be two. It could be all three. You know, you never know. A lot yeah. of things, you know, think bad things go in three, right? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, and uh, it was his birthday yesterday. I know, right? It was... Uh, it was not like from a technical perspective, it was not the best of birthdays. But hey, listen, uh, it's it's first world problems, not being able to get a podcast out when we want to, you know, all of that. Uh, and in the big scheme of things, uh, life is good. I'm sitting here at my parents' house recording with Dave Crossland all the way across the ocean. We're going to talk about steroids. I have to keep it quiet because we're going to talk about steroids today. I don't want my I don't know. I don't want them to get suspicious that maybe I've taken gear before. Is that why you've stayed small? <laughs> People have really enjoyed uh, your sense of humor, Dave. They really enjoy when you when you make fun of me. Uh, so, uh, well, hang on a bit. Let's get this right. If anyone suffers more, it's me at the hands of you <laughs> rather than you at the hands of me. <laughs> Guys, I still haven't had revenge for you dressing up, but that will come. Every day. Every day is Dave's Revenge, guys. Uh, we have a topic today. We have a handful of listener questions for you guys who are watching the live feed. We'd love to have you chime in. Uh, let's make this, you know, uh, let's make this a whole family event here with uh, everybody uh, who's watching this live. Uh, you guys can chime in, like I said, with questions. We'll tackle them here. We do have a handful, and our, our topic for the day. This is sprouted from last week. Uh, one of our uh, one of our Patreon people, actually our first ever Patreon subscriber, uh, Laser, aka Cool Dude, had posed the question last week to us. Uh, what about using T and E as 
a pre-workout, what are your thoughts on it? So we tackled that a little bit, but you know, we didn't cover everything I'd like to. And I, I thought it kind of opened up to even a bigger topic. Like what is the best pre-workout steroid? If you're going to take something pre-workout, I wanted to pick your brain on that. I thought we could get back into T and E. I'm sure you have some wonderful things to say about Oxy. Uh, and, and, uh, I've got a couple of my, my thoughts as well that I'd like to chime in. So where, where do we want to start with that? Um, the thing is, when you start trying to say best, it, it's all drugs are not all things to all individuals, are they? So, uh, I mean, I suppose on paper, uh, Tesno Ester is a particularly good pre-workout, not really. Uh, but I would suppose on paper, the best one's going to be Emtrend. Hmm. Have you ever done the injectable Emtrend? Only ever done the injectable entrance. No the kidding. The version wasn't wasn't that readily available over here, so we we tended to see the injectable. We don't see. I don't see a lot of it. To be honest, it's, it's something I don't see crop up very often these days. But it went through a period of popularity. Dude, I feel like that stuff. Just looking at it, man, my liver starts to flip. <laughs> oh, it's harsh shit. It is harsh shit. <laughs> So methyltren, does that do something different? Because I know a lot of times once you methylate a steroid uh, and make it orally bioavailable, it changes the way that steroid acts in your body. Yeah. So, I mean, well, if you look at the anabolic energetic ratios, okay, so let's let's have a look at uh, – now, Mtren has a range, so it's not a set figure. But there are some – some uh, registrations that will record the androgenicity of Mtren at 64,000. Are you trying to itch your elbow right into the microphone? Because your mic is like, you're literally going like this, Dave. I'm not doing it deliberately. I've just got an itchy elbow. For- I, thought you, I thought you were intentionally. No. Okay. My elbow's here, and that's sort of where, you know, I'm fat. I don't have a lot of movement and reach. <laughs> oh, so. Why is your microphone down by your stomach? Everything's down by my stomach these days. Look at days. that. Your voice sounds so much rounder. You moved it. Although when you scream, which you do every episode, it's probably going to sound... People are going to complain. When, what do you mean when I scream? You get really I loud. Scream. You get excited. And then people complain, and they're like, you just put my eardrums out. I'm, I'm going to send me my mic back to my protein. It's got droopy and doesn't hold properly. Yeah, ask them about that. <laughs> send yeah, them an email. Send me a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, a shoddy standard from my protein. Well, I don't know what can you say. So, you're saying though about Mtren, you think? Yeah, that, sorry. Uh, so it, it's androgen, androgen ratio is um, is, uh, is sixty four thousand. Trend is five hundred. Wait, sixty four thousand. Put in, put that into perspective. How how does that scale work? Right, so you obviously have your anabolic rating and you have your antigen rating of every steroid, okay? So testosterone is 100 to 100. I thought the English were known for their manners and politeness. I have to reach really far today to put comments up, so right, I can't do that. It, it's, the English might be, but I'm fucking definitely not. Um, <laughs> You're like a barbarian, Dave. No. no kind of, kind of. No. Trained chimp. 
<laughs> How can I make fun of you when you make fun of yourself? You take all the fun that's, out of it. That's that's the see. That's it. You see, yeah, I can <laughs> self-deprecate, and then it's free to have at you. Um, so, so trend is five hundred to five hundred. Five hundred anabolic rating, five hundred antigenic rating. Uh, test is a hundred to a hundred, and test is the sort of base compound everything's compared to. M trend is sixty four thousand, which Ooh. is one of the reasons why it's dosed in micrograms. Okay, yeah. Because you think about this, you take you take M trend in generally in micrograms. You might take one milligram, but two milligram is a very very high dose. Yeah. You know, so comparative to someone taking three, four, five hundred milligrams of trend on a weekly basis, you're only going to take one milligram of of M of M trend. So it is incredibly potent. Uh, strangely, it never really did much for me. No kidding. Huh. I didn't get the. I know you know loads and loads of people that have tried it and they're like, yeah, maybe really focused, really aggressive uh, in the gym. Where for me, I just didn't really get anything out of it. Uh, I, I suppose the gear could have been shit. I don't think it was. But I've seen that with a few things. I mean, I didn't trend didn't hit me particularly hard, and I know that was good gear. Um, I had to stop taking M trend. Like, it's it's a nasty compound. It really is a harsh compound. Um, my anger, my it anger is got incredibly up there. powerful. Yeah, yeah. I was also using uh, Trenace, and I was coming into a That's contest a nasty combination. Yeah, well, I was coming into a contest, and my. MO had always been the traditional. I mean, listen, guys, if you haven't competed, the general cycle that you see a lot of guys run is going to be test, trend, mass, right? Yeah. It's going to be a standard. And then if you want to add an Orlin, Winstrom or Halo. And I had always gone the test, trend, mass rate, uh, uh, you know, program. And then I added in Halo at the end. And I had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to use some M trend. And I was like, why don't I do something different? It was so hot that summer, and I, I worked a manual labor job that I was getting. Was it hot, or was it just the trend you yeah. were on? <laughs> yeah, it was a combo, you know what I'm saying? And I was getting so overheated and gassed. I felt like I felt like I was getting dehydrated and sick on the daily. I started, I started low, man. You know, going by the message boards at the time, I think I did 250 micrograms a day, and then I went to 500. Low. And then I went to 750, and at 750 was my breaking point. Came off of it and was like, you know what? This is no good for me. And I never went back to it because I always felt like if you want to hit things from different angles, I felt like Halo would be a lot different from Trend versus Methyl Trend's difference from Trend, if that makes sense. It was at least in my head that mm. I figured. I, the thing is, when you methylate a compound, you really do transform it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it changes into a, a, a completely different drug. Uh and and so it's I mean obviously it is a derivative of trend and it does share some similarities with trend, but uh, it, it's just a whole different level. It is is methylated trend. Uh I mean I've never used the oral version. I've only ever used the injectable version, uh, which as a result is not quite as hammering on your liver as the oral version will be, but okay. uh, I would imagine the oral version of Mtren is even worse. Um, I had a question then. For, for, go on. How, how would you how would you dose that like like timing wise? 
when would you do a, an injectable M trend in, in, in the day? Oh, pre-workout, 30, 40 minutes. I'd have, you'd have to play around with the, the perfect timing for you as an individual, but you're talking sub one hour pre-workout. Okay. Is that well, oil-based? Hmm? Is that oil-based? Oil, yeah, 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 that's oil-based. Yeah. Okay. But I know I know guys that would literally turn up at the gym, take a shot, and then go train. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so, yeah, it would get in particularly fast. I mean, you mentioned Halo. <laughs> Halo is probably another good pre-workout uh, compound. Um, it's it's one of them you see pre-comp, but you don't tend to see it any other time, where in powerlifting you'll see it more yeah. regularly. Um, originally a veterinary drug. Uh, I don't know if it's still used in veterinary medicine. Uh, I got the... I don't know where I've picked this up from, and I think I'm right with this, but I do sometimes remember shit, and it's not quite right. <laughs> I believe it was phased out of veterinary practice because of the side effects of making the animals aggressive. Okay. Huh. Um, I believe so. Uh, that's my understanding. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to give my pit bull some methyltren or halo. No, hey, halo, I mean, again... Halo is uh, meant oral pre-workout, someone's just said. Yeah, that's Tino. Tino from RTB Gym. It's not too far from my place. Good good hardcore gym. Uh, man, yeah, I've never I've used... Never, I've ne- no, I've never come across that one. Yeah, yeah, that's a weird one, man. Huh. What, do you, uh, what else would you put up there then? Because it sounds like the three heavy hitters we're talking about would be M-Tren, uh, Halo... And really, those are the two heavy hitters we've discussed so far. And then we also talked a little bit about T&E. You know, before we move on, I did want to say, because I didn't mention this last week, um, before we talk about any of the others, I've seen people have a a unique experience with Tesnoester. I had a situation, we'll say, I, I knew a guy. Who got a, like this big bottle of it? it was like sixty milliliters. Your friend, <laughs> yeah, my friend got sixty milliliters of Tesnoester, and uh, he went in on that order with another friend. So they split the literally one big bottle, split it up, and they both did the same thing, which was run a cycle and then add in a hundred milligrams of Tesnoester, oil based pre workout, and one of the guys. Had an awesome experience, like really good, really good. Uh, and then when he spoke to his friend that had the other half of the bottle, he said he got nothing out of it. Yeah, I've seen it. And the same with, with me with M-Trend. Um And I've seen this with a few products, and I've never got to the bottom of why there is this this almost big difference in sort of literally amazing or fuck all. Uh, and and I, I don't honestly know, uh, but there, there definitely are. I mean, you find this with all compounds to some degree, but definitely with the fast-acting compounds that we tend to favour as pre-workout compounds, there are people that do seem to be almost resistant to them. Um, hmm. And I'm really not sure why that is. Um, I'm not sure what it is about the mechanism of either delivery or the compound. I mean, at the end of the day, you would suspect that um, those compounds would have an impact on anyone, whatever. 
uh, at yeah. the end of the day, you know, having true androgen resistance is is a very rare condition and, and would severely affect somebody's uh, pubescent development, let alone anything else. So when you hear people talking about, oh, I'm androgen resistant, generally they're talking out of their ass because if they were, they would have a micro penis because <laughs> they wouldn't have developed because they wouldn't respond to their own test levels. So, um, so I don't think it's anything to do with that sort of thing, but there's definitely... There is definitely a very marked difference between people's experiences, and it's not even subtle. It can be literally night and day, i.e. Yeah. nothing at all. Yeah. Did fuck all for me. Where the other guy's going, Jesus Christ, you know, I was ra raring on this stuff. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's been somewhat of a resurgence of these um, performance-enhancing pre-workout orals or, or in this case, also injectables, pre-workout steroids. Now, I feel like there's been somewhat of a resurgence and I would say that people getting more into progressive overload, I think that there's a relationship there. I know that, you know, when we started podcasting in 2000 and well, it, it was a year in, in 2016, I did uh, Muscle Minds with Scott Stevenson and Jordan Peters. And Jordan went into great detail on those podcasts. By the way, you guys can still check those out at Advices Radio if you search that. Uh, we did like 25 shows with him for, for about a year. He was really into doing these pre-workout orals to break through plateaus. So he would be pushing, pushing, pushing on cycle. And his strength would start to get to a point where he was getting ready to hit a wall. And then, boom, three weeks of Halo. You know, boom, three weeks of Methyltrin. Yeah, so Jordan was a big fan of a high androgenic pre-workout so that you performed more aggressively in the gym, you moved more load, and yeah. then a baseline of anabolics so that you had recovery post. Um, and he was a big fan of this for a while. I think eventually he went away from it just from the pure toxicity of that approach. Uh, I can see because that. You're, you're not going to survive on that for very long. Um, yeah. And you see this, actually, if you watch powerlifters, particularly on stage at comp, I don't know if there's a technical term for this. I've always referred to it as androgen fatigue. Hmm. But basically what you'll see is that the uh, they'll use a heavy androgens, Halo, M-Tren, Check Drops, you know, Milbaron, something like that uh, for the first lift. And then they'll do something again for their second lift, as in not, sorry, as in second exercise of lifts, not their first and second lift within. So, like, you know, they might start with, with squat and they'll they'll do something for the squat. Then they'll do, do something for the bench. And then it comes to the final exercise of the day, so the dead or whatever weight order they've run in, uh, and they burn out. They just crash. Hmm. Uh, and it's just because that amount of high-stimulating androgens just fries their central nervous system, and hmm. that combined with the max effort weight they're doing, but by the time they get to the last lifts of the day, there's, there's nothing left in them. So, you know, repetitive use of, of these powerful fast-acting androgens can create stress factors and fatigue, where it, and it will start to become negative. I would say um, benefit-wise, yeah, I've used, you know, like I said, Halo pre-contest, you, you, I'd, I'd definitely have more energy. I'd find myself literally feeling like I'd have a hard time training to you know, next workout, uh, squatting three plates at two weeks out from a contest, you know, for reps. Mm -hmm. uh, although I, I do, looking back at that, I have to ask myself, did I really need to push hard at three weeks out, two weeks out from a contest? Do I really need to have that kind of strength? 
I feel like the uh, there's a lot of risk that goes along with that, especially. I was going to say that there's a big injury risk at that point. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you are you are very low body fat, and as a result, and generally very low estrogen levels. So, so joint stresses and, and potential for joint injuries is, is up. Yeah. So it is definitely a question as to whether do you really need to be pushing that hard. But the thing is, you wouldn't have been able to sustain that halo week in, week out, week in, week out for extended periods of time. You oh, would God, no. eventually fatigue off it. Yeah. I mean, one we haven't touched, actually, um, is check drops. Yeah. I never touched them, never tried them. How about you? No, I haven't, actually. I don't think so, anyway. Uh, there was a period of time where I used to take all sorts of shit. <laughs> Who knows? Somebody might have actually, mixed a little in somewhere, right? Uh, that wasn't even... More that was way way back when I was in my twenties. You know, I just literally I I took shit. I didn't even know what I was fucking taking half the time. Yeah. Um. So there may have been a time when I have used uh, Milburn, but uh, I'm not aware of it if I have. But I mean, a lot of people report that as literally liquid aggression. You know, mm. it's just aggression in a ball. Man, I feel like you know what I do best when I in, in my clients I. I think people do best when they're feeling happy, when they're feeling relaxed. And I'm talking bodybuilding. I'm talking about having the best looking physique possible. When you feel relaxed, low stress. Mm. I'll tell you what, man, you take some halo and your stress levels, even if you're a cool person, even if you don't get anger issues, it just anxiety. I don't even know. I don't want to say anxiety because people will think I mean a certain thing by that. Just the overall like kind of tension. Yeah, tension. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mental uh, tension. Because you got to remember too that these androgens they are going to stimulate your central nervous system, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a, there's a cost the, to all of this. The other thing that happens, which a lot of people don't realize, is you will end up with water retention. Yeah, yeah. If you if you take huge amounts of high androgens, uh, and I've I've seen this before with guys going into show and and they'll start dropping Halo, then they'll start dropping something else because their performance in the gym is lacking and it's they're panicking, thinking they're getting small and losing size, and then they end up moving out with water because the body's got so fucking stressed. Yeah. You know, wa- water is your body's natural defense. When you injure something, it, your body puts water there. When you're stressed, your body puts water there. When you're ill, your body brings old water. So if you put your body into a really stressed state, you will then be fighting against water retention. If you go into a show... This is why getting ready early and then cruising in is such a good way to approach a comp prep because you then cruise in relaxed, you cruise in refreshed, and then water manipulation is a piece of fucking piss. Yeah, you can, that you and can being get somebody lean in the first place. You know, you can yeah. alter uh, aldosterone just simply mm-hmm. by reducing stress and create mm-hmm. almost like a diuretic like effect. Uh, in fact, I was just talking to a, a real well-known coach about this in the past couple of weeks, but he was saying, yeah, especially, you know, if somebody is a stress ball. To, and that's what I've been trying to do with people. I have a girl who's competing this weekend in bikini, and she tends to be like a little higher stress. And so I've had her reducing her cardio. I told her, you know, chill with your training a little bit. Actually, I have two people doing that this weekend. I've been like, don't go to absolute failure this week leading into the contest. You know, give yourself a little bit of a break. And they're already in shape, so it's not like we need that cardio. Mm. You know, just relax a little bit. You'll feel better. And as a result, you know, hopefully you'll sleep better, but you'll definitely look better. Sleep sleep plays a huge role in that. Uh, and, and that's the other thing. When you're overly stimulating your body, and you get this with pre-workouts, you know, the, the people... Pre-workouts have got stronger and stronger and stronger. No and people, 
How many times do you see people saying, what's the, not, you know, what is the strongest pre-workout I can get my hands on because nothing touches the sides anymore? The, the problem is with that is that pre-workout, as most people will train PM times, so most people train evening yeah. or late afternoon post-work, that is going to affect your quality of sleep. It says, yeah. This segment's been brought to you by Rain Energy Drink. Use our code Dave. <laughs> Big Dave Crossland 20 to get 20% off of Rain Energy Drinks. Just when you're at your local gas station, just tell them code Dave. Dave, Dave sent me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know Dave what? I would absolutely piss myself if someone went into a gas station and said, Dave sent me, and the guy went, no problem, mate. Take what you want. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys do that, get it on video for us. We will definitely put it on the show. Um, we've gotten a little off topic here because we were initially, you know, we're talking about best pre-workout steroid. I think we've definitely gone into some good stuff about, you know, some of the things that can happen with some of these stronger androgens. What else would you like to put in this uh, this category uh, besides these these really powerful androgens that we've discussed? Well, I mean, obviously the old A-bombs will definitely come into that a little bit. Uh, but to, to be a fair most orals will give you an element of a pre-workout kick if you dose them high enough yeah just because of their speed their speed of absorption um the same with any other compound that is is a no ester compound you're gonna feel something off that um so i mean we popularize certain compounds as being the best pre-workout compound but really it's that ester-free element of the compound that that's creating the effect because you're getting that hit of high anabolics and high androgens, you know, very, very quickly. And that's what in, in turn is creating that boost that you're getting in the gym. So, you know, most compounds to some extent, ester-3 would have a similar effect. It'd be quite interesting to see, you know, get a, get a, a, a hundred people and get a shitload of compounds that we don't normally see ester free and start jabbing them up and see what happens to them when they go to the gym. Just make it a big experiment. <laughs> yeah, probably a bit illegal, but yeah, fuck it, who cares? That's all right. That's all right. So we need a lab to provide us with ester free based compounds, and then we need a hundred volunteers that don't mind dying. <laughs> I used. Um, I, I think that the, you know you get, you can get an effect from D ball pre workout. Mm-hmm. I've used the injectable version um, as low as 25 milligrams, and I've noticed a difference. Now, that's in conjunction with a, in a, you know another, a whole cycle. I didn't just use that, you know, but but it's definitely something I've, I've I noticed a boost from that, and I liked it, and I didn't feel like it was as edgy as say taking a Halo or a methyltrin. I I found the pumps from a combination of. Um, a bombs, oxys, nap fifties, and Apollon, whatever you want to fucking call them. Oxys, that's, uh, that's the only and, name. And, and VAR. Um, I, I found the combination of those two pre workout was insane pumps. Hmm. In absolutely insane pumps, debilitating pumps, pumps to the point where I couldn't train. Um, it was ridiculous. I mean, I was high dosing, they were 100 milligrams of each. Oh! But it was. It was wow. ridiculous, the pumps off that. I mean, they, they were even greater than the sort of GH and insulin pumps you can generate. Okay, okay. It, it was, they were mental. 
Hmm. Uh, I didn't do it for very long for the simple reason is it actually became a negative. But, yeah, the pumps were insane. Yeah. What, what does James say here? James has a question. I think it's related. He says, uh, do you have to take the orals for a period before you feel them pre-workout? Or will you feel them the first time you use them pre-workout? I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna depend. You know. I, I, I think, think most cases you'll feel them the first time because, well, there's dose independent here. I mean, if you take a low dose, potentially not. Yeah. But you know, most orals have either a four or a nine hour half life, so they are pretty much done and dusted within the day. True. True. So, so that speed of action. Or regular daily oral dosing isn't really going to have an accumulative effect in the same way as we see with injectables. Yeah. So, so they will they will have an impact from their first ingestion, without doubt. Yeah, and I think the more experience you have, the more sensitive you are to recognizing that stuff. Like, you know, if you think about it, the first time a lot of people run a cycle, they don't feel anything for the first few weeks until that test builds up. Whereas I think uh, once you've gotten more experience, you can start recognizing within a few days, like, oh, I, I feel a little more. Um, I will say, Dave, I, I've used Anivar a few times and I never got a pre-workout benefit from it. For some reason, for me, the way Anivar had always worked is it had to be a good 10 days, a good two weeks. And then I started feeling the effect before, you know, but, but that's that was been my experience. D-ball, on the other uh -huh. hand... I got an instant, you know, uh, Anadrol, I got an instant, of course, Halo, I got an instant effect. So Tino is asking about the estrogen conversion from men and having a buildup of estrogen by using it daily. Mm. Um, what you've got to remember is that um, your estrogen conversion is latent to your drug use, so it happens afterwards. Okay. And it's a slower mechanism. So... Just for argument's sake, you take an oral compound that has a half-life of four hours, but it's estrogenic, okay? Just, 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 just bear with me on this. So you know within a 24-hour period that, that oral's done, gone, dusted. dusted. But the elevated estrogen will, will, will be there for a longer period of time. It will be there for an extended period of time. So you will see a buildup. Estrogen is always going to follow behind the compound that's caused it. So it starts to elevate and it will continue to elevate even though the compound that's causing it has started to drop back down again. So as a result, you will get carryover from day to day with an estrogen converting compound. Agreed. Even if that is relatively fast acting. Uh, also want to tackle Nick and his Mediform question. We've got it. Yeah, we've got a few questions in the live feed. I, in fact, I think it's probably a good time uh, we move on. You know, I think we've we've okay. covered a lot here. Uh, we've given some people things to think about. There's obviously a lot more aspects to pre-workout orals. You know, what what else are you using for the cycle? You know, what are your goals? Where are you yeah. at right now? There's a lot. We can't cover it all, of course. Uh, but yeah, let's move on. Hey, before we did, though, um, last week, Dave, I was telling you to get me some pictures of your clients. And mm -hmm. actually, my bikini girl just checked in literally right now. I was just telling her what to do this morning but i got you gave me these and i wanted to post this one because i thought this was well, really this, good this this lad actually sent me the the second picture like literally half an hour after you mentioned it so i thought i'll just send you that one. Oh shit how do yeah, i make I see this him. You've chopped his head off how do Useless. i make that smaller dave dave what am i, I doing know. here dave tell, tell me dave come on 
Oh, wait. You're the tech guy. I haven't got a fucking clue. I can't make it smaller, Dave. What the heck? Well, just move it down. Let's see. I'm going to try this again. They're the same size image. How have you there made we it go. big? There we go. There we go. All right. Cool. Wow. So this is April till now, September? Yeah, yeah. That was literally um, the day you messaged me. He sent me that. As, Holy as hell. Holy hell, dude. So the the weight difference is 30 pounds. Nice. Um, he's just come to the end of his, his cycle with me, which was sub one gram. Okay. So he was on, he started on 250 mega test and 300 mega deca. Then we went to 450 mega deca and then we finished on 600 mega deca. Okay. Dude, he's, his wheels are pretty incredible now, man. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, Overall, everything. Uh, He's a grafter, um, is that lad. I mean, he's up at five every morning, goes and works, sorts out his horses yeah. uh, that his daughters have, and then he goes works all day as a panel beater, a body guy for a car shop, and then uh, damn goes in the evening, deals with the horses again, sees his girls through their horse riding lessons, and then he goes and trains, and like I say, he's not getting back to bed till nine, ten o'clock at night, and then to bed and starts again. You know, the guy is uh, a hard-working guy. There's no denying that. But my point is in that he hasn't got those results because he's had it easy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, He's that's holding cool. down a full-time job. He, he's caring for these horses. He's dealing with his daughters. You know, he, it's not like he's he sits at home and does fuck all all time and he's got plenty of rest time. He hasn't. He, he's a working lad. Right. Hey, here's my bikini uh, chick that I was telling you about. So we are, what is today, Tuesday? So we're just a few days out. She's competing Saturday. Oh, also too big. There we go. So she had previously competed in figure, but she had always been considered a little too small for the division. So we actually we're working on bikini now. I'm really happy. Do you think she's a bit lean for bikini? I don't know what the American standards are like. Is that what the American standards are like for bikini? Yeah, she'll be good. She'll be good. Also, to remember that we can control uh, how um, we can control condition through how we carve her up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Because here's right. the thing, you know, people get afraid of getting too lean for a bikini. I've never, and I've had good success, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, there was a couple of years there for some reason I was like the bikini person. Like I just, for some reason, a lot of bikini girls were coming to me and I had good success. You know, I turned some people pro. Um, and what I've always found is get them as lean as you can still. And then that way you can control what you what you yeah. want, you know, through fluid manipulation, through the carb up at the end. But yeah, she's yeah. just a few days out. And what I've had her do, man, is cutting all of her cardio down and carbing up more often and relaxing. And this is just a state qualifier right now. But then after that, we're doing the amateur Olympia. And uh, we're probably, I, I have a feeling she's going to want to do something else this season too. But Good. Very good. Thank you, sir. And very good to you too, man. Um, all right. So the first thing I want to tackle, and guys, I don't have all of the nifty little pictures to put up on the screen like I usually do. Uh, it's Dave's fault, mainly. Uh, it's actually my internet's fault. But I did want to cover something that was in the group. And somebody had asked about Primo. And they said, should Primo injections be more painful than an average AAS shot? Uh, what do you have to say for that one? Generally, no. But alcohol content, um, solvent content can make a shot much more painful than you'd expect it to be. Okay. 
Um, obviously, there is the risk, there is, uh, and it's particularly common with Primo because it's such an expensive compound that it isn't Primo. Sure. But if you don't get pain off Masteron and you don't get pain off Test, then there really should be no reason why the Primo would be painful because generally it's going to be substituted with Masteron or, or if the real cheap twats Test. Um, so then I would start considering that it's possibly the alcohol content or, or the solvent content that's the problem and that they are elevated. Yeah. Um, some labs can get a bit giddy with, with, with the alcohol. Um, it can be out of inexperience or it, it can be just because they're, they're preparing in a less than ideal environment hmm. and they feel that increasing the alcohol is going to offset the, the possible of contaminants in the in the comp- in the drugs not really the case to a large extent but the filtration is what's really important when it comes to purifying the drug hmm. um, but I would suspect that it's either an alcohol or, or, or solvent problem over the compound itself I've had shots from primo that were they did seem to be a little bit more painful than some other compounds if I were to put them on a scale I would say more painful than like a, a, a you know an EQ, more painful than a test sip, but definitely not like a sustenon or a probe. You mm. know, I mean the other the other aspect is you know a, a bad injection is painful, yeah. irrespective of the compound you're putting in. You know, if you you catch something with that needle going in, then it's going to hurt like fuck whether you're putting dishwater in or fucking you know hydrochloric acid so um it, it's not necessarily the compound but if it's happening every shot then obviously it is going to be but if it's a one-off and other shots are fine then it's probably just down to the actual injection itself yeah i can see that by the way i started uh, an experiment with uh injectable l-carnitine and uh no no pain from it i've heard of people experiencing a great deal of pain mine's dosed at 400 milligrams per milliliter is all right I oh I think I went up to one point two grams, maybe even higher than that last time I used digestible L carnine and I, I I felt I genuinely felt a change in energy levels. Yeah. Um I was on very low food at the time. Uh mm. and I it was it was I was dragging with it. And I noticed as soon as I put the L carnine in, my energy levels increased quite substantially. Hmm. Uh, which would stand to reason because it's supposed to metabolize the fat stores and, and make them much more readily available for as an energy source. So it would stand to reason that it was doing. But it, I just found it a, a for someone who was just pissing about and dieting, it was an expensive route to go. Yeah, yeah. You know, when really all you needed to do was get off your fat ass and do some more cardio rather than... Uh, yeah, mess around with things that I didn't really need to mess around with, but it was it was interesting to see that real black and white change in energy levels when I introduced the old carnet. Yeah, I just started it, um, so I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. I did uh, I did set up an affiliate code with uh, Amino Asylum, so you can use code Think and get twenty percent off of anything over there. Boom! So you like that, Dave? You're just basically using this podcast to get cheap drugs, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, David's an amino acid, technically. So let's be fair. So it's yeah, growth hormone. You're just to get cheap drugs. Well, it's a chain of amino acids, 151 of them. Uh, 91, to be specific, no? if, if you want to become a smarty pants on me. Growth? Oh, all right, then. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I have put in hours and hours of labor into this podcast. I tolerate recording with you on a weekly basis so that I can get 20% off and save several dollars. True, you deserve a lot more. You should be getting it for free. All right, let's see what else we got here, man. I'm... Uh, I am just looking at the questions over the people who have commented on YouTube so far. Guys, we only have had one hour of the show being up before I'm gathering questions, basically, uh, because we were a little bit off today. Uh, minocycline, uh, the uh, antibiotic. Uh, a lot of people use it for acne. It's a super common one for acne. I've used it myself. Um, he wanted to ask... Uh, uh, is there it it wait, it is anti-anabolic, and I was wondering if there would be a negative effect in an assisted athlete. Uh, he says it was prescribed to him for acne. Now, what he's talking about is that it does downregulate uh, protein synthesis, so you don't utilize protein quite as well. What do you what do you think? If you do you have any thoughts on this one? I think this will be one of those cases. Well, I know it's one of those cases where the the science is correct. You know, it, it does lower protein synthesis and therefore should reduce growth factors like everything else. But the reality of someone who's an assisted athlete is it makes virtually no difference whatsoever. Yeah, because the 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 effect of the anabolics far outweighs the negative impact of the antibiotics. So. In real-world terms, you're not going to see any difference. You probably do more to disrupt that mechanism in your daily habits than you do (laughs) in taking antibiotics. Yeah, I could see that, man. You know, you could do – we can all try to do more with the actual nutrition plan. And that (laughs) – yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, man, too. If you think about it, so antibiotics are great to – reverse a an acne breakout you know an acne Mm -hmm. breakout is an infection of the skin and if you if it gets out of control the we'll put it this way the more the more that infection and that inflammation gets out of control the harder it is to get it to stop and Mm -hmm. it could be a good idea to use an antibiotic like this one you know minocycline is more of a mild antibiotic Uh, Mm -hmm. but the key is is changing the cause, the, the thing that caused the acne. Otherwise, you're going to have to run it long term. So my thought would be the shorter of a period of time you can use it, the better off you're going to be for health overall, uh, not taking yeah, antibiotic I mean, for the rest of your bodybuilding. You know what I mean? No. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's another compound. It's another drug. It's another stress factor in the body that it has to deal with. Yeah. And I've always had a very simple approach when it comes to steroids in the sense that stick with one poison. Yeah. You know, you give your body enough work dealing with steroids, so don't give it other compounds it needs to have to cope with from a different class of drugs, antibiotics being one, alcohol being another, recreational drugs being another. You know, if if you're going to use gear, use gear. Yeah, yeah. But just use gear. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's when you start adding in all these extras that we see a massive ramp up in risk factors and in actual problems occurring. Yeah. Oh, got one from Paz here. He says, question for the next video. Your opinion on using, and also I should mention, guys, if you want to take part of the next show, comment below. Uh, We'll tackle them on the next program. Uh, And anybody in the live feed, feel free to comment now. We'd be happy to take your questions. Uh, Your opinion on using two compounds that interact at the same receptor. 
uh, wouldn't one of them be better affinity uh, interact more than the other like test in D ball or Nandrolone in oxy on paper it seems more beneficial to run on many pathways Thank you guys. You absolutely rock. So I think he means like we're talking about a, a 19 nor a DHT and a test based compound all going to the same receptor. The, you know, the androgen. There receptor. is only one fucking receptor. Right, right. All going to the same receptor. But he, I think he means through different, different pathways. Right. So the, the androgen receptor, there is one type. That is it. There is no more. We used to think there was two, but now we know there's only one. Did we? We so there was two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Historically, the science thought there was two. Yeah. Okay. So um, all androgens attach to the same type of receptor, and this receptor is found throughout the body, not just in muscle tissue. It's found in brain tissue. It's found in the prostate. You know, it's found in all sorts of elements of our body. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the reasons why we get acne, part of that one of the drivers for acne is sebaceous glands because sebaceous glands have androgen receptors and when they're triggered by androgen by engagement with androgen receptor they produce more oil so we get oily skin and therefore we get acne so that's one of the mechanisms so um the first thing is all androgen receptors um there's one one type there's no different types there's not one for deca there's not a different one for test there's not a different one for d-ball they all work on one so any cycle, all compounds are competing for the one receptor. The second thing is okay. Piss off, Scott! You're clever to want. What did I do? <laughs> he says more recent science suggests a membrane-based G protein associated with androreceptor in addition. Ooh, to we got AI. Dr. Scott Stevenson is on the feed. He just yeah, the clever you. one. He just and, uh, he put you to school, man. He says, "What do you say?" He's there? cleverer than me. The more he's recent a lot cleverer than me. <laughs> a membrane brace, G protein associated androgen receptor in addition to the nuclear AR. Yeah. What, did, what, did, what does that mean, dude? What does that even fucking mean? Do you understand? It means it means that the androgens can actually attach to, to not only the nuclear AR as in the main androgen receptor, but they can they can attach elsewhere. Okay, but regardless, um, regardless, so though, he, he it would from from what Scott's saying is that the uh, the membrane based would would more likely engage with an oral. Okay, so okay. So here's the deal. It I'm was, not saying anything now, Scott. So it makes me all self-conscious and feel stupid. All right, I'm going to talk then. I got I got some stuff. So you know, earlier in the show, we talked about what I said was like the go-to contest cycle, right? And we're mm -hmm. talking test, trend, mast. Boom. If you looked at any of the dudes uh, that were up there all peeled and looking nuts at North Americans this past week, you know. Not all of them, but you know, if if they were pushing, there's a good chance that that was the combo. You know, that's that's mm -hmm. the go-to combo. And one of the thoughts behind that is is that you 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 have three different variations. All steroids are going to be uh, variations of the male sex hormone testosterone. They're going to be mm -hmm. altered in some way. Um, so you have the the testosterone based. You have the 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 nandrolone based. You have the, uh, the DHT based. So what he's asking is uh, running, say, two test-based 
steroids, would that be not as effective as say running one test base and one DHT? I think there's a, a, a thought that we can hit the androgen receptor from these different angles. Uh, and at the same time, I will tell you this though, now this is real world experience that Masteron and Winstrel are both from that same DHT category, mm -hmm. but they have a different effect. And I can tell you that uh, you will get a different effect in some people, in my experience, using both of those uh, together. There, there could be a case for using both of those. And one of them is oral as well. That's another, you know, another avenue. But I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking though that, you know, what? It's good information to understand that there are these different kind of categories of steroids so that when you begin building a steroid plan, you can see that there are these well, three different avenues. So you wouldn't the, think like it, it could get redundant, I guess, if you were using Masteron, Primo uh, you know, and, and Winstrel together, you're all coming at it from the same angle. Or maybe you like that. Maybe you do really good with DHTs. The, the thing is with the receptor, um, Receptors are constantly being renewed and constantly die off. So you don't have an androgen receptor just sat there. You know, it, 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 it's formed, it acts, it dies, it's replaced, and the numbers change. Okay. So if you get to a point where you literally saturate your androgen receptor levels with anabolics then your body will start to produce more ARs to, to accommodate the free-floating androgens. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the levels can go up or down. It's one of the phenomena where you see people coming off a cycle and then going on to a lower dose but saying they're having a really good reaction. It's because they have a elevated levels of androgen receptors at this point because they've been running a higher dose. So when they move into the new dose, yes, I saw it. When they move <laughs> into the new or lower dose, everything is utilized. Yeah. Now, the thing is... Androgen attaches to the receptor, delivers a signal, then releases and moves on. And it keeps doing that until it dies off. In the meantime, it can be picked up by aromatase, it can be picked up by 5-alpha reductase, it can be picked up by globulin, albumin, um, SHBG. So it, there's all other interaction in compounds that, you know, attach to an androgen and either transport it around the body, convert it into something else. Um, but it will continue attaching and reattaching and releasing and reattaching until it dies off, unless it's invaded by something else. Obviously, it converts to estrogen. Then it spends the rest of its life as estrogen. If it converts to DHT, it spends the rest of its life to DHT. But it's not a case of all these compounds competing for the one receptor because they'll attach, release, move on. On top of that, different drugs have different binding affinities. Um, so they bind much more strongly. So for like DECA will convert via 5 alpha reductase to DHN, which has a very weak binding affinity, whereas TES will convert to DHD, which is a much stronger binding affinity mm. than TES itself. TREN has a much stronger binding affinity again. And one of the things with TREN is it attaches lots of different receptors. It doesn't just attach to the androgen receptor because it is so strong at binding, it can then find itself attaching to progesterone, or estrogen, cannabinoid receptors, all sorts of different things, glucocorticoid receptors, um, which is one of the reasons why TREN has this far-reaching impact within our bodies. Hmm, okay. Because it attaches to all these different types of receptors and not just androgen. Hmm. 
So there's this constant changeover going on, this constant circulation of hormones, constant circulation. It is a hell of a progestin, yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's not a true progestin, though, I believe, Scott. You correct me if I'm wrong on that. I, I believe it, it's labelled as acting like one rather than actually being one. Or am I incorrect there? Um, but, you know, so you've got all these different things going on and changing constantly. So there isn't really technically, it's not like you have a receptor and steroids are queuing up to get into it. It doesn't work like that. And, you know, they're literally fighting their way and, oh, Trent's the big bad boy, so he's going to come through and push everything out of the way and get there first. It, it, it sort of doesn't work like that. But there is a, it, it's, receptors are constantly being engaged and released and engaged and then released. And there's all this changing constantly going on. So there isn't really a competition. Um, downstream from that point, um, I suspect that I see you're reading, so I will read what you're reading. So our audio listeners hear this. He says, uh, yeah, so, um, that, that was my belief of it. Yes. Progestogen basically, but it does, uh, just bind to the PR, bind to the PR. So it's semantics. semantics. I've yeah, seen so, it called, uh, he says he's seen it called both. Okay. So, but you know, back to the question though, I, I do think there can be, you know, just to get like without getting too far into, you know, too deep into it, let's just look at real world, you know, uh, combine, is there, should you not combine two compounds from that same group? I think that there can be some redundancy. You should be aware of it, but there can be some benefit too. And it depends on the individual. I think it's more downstream where you get, so for argument's sake, if I drink a small amount of a poison, I'll probably be okay. If I have four different versions of that same poison, I'm gonna have problems. So yeah, yeah. Like if you were to combine, yeah. say, so Deca and not, Trend and Ment, you know, it's not so much the interaction with the receptor that's the issue. It's downstream of that in the stress factors and the levels that then you create of total DHT in your body, sure, or or, or total nandrolone in your body, yeah, um, rather than the, any being any competitive element. So um, it's more that side. I would I would have said anyway. So you'd be more concerned about the side effects, the cumulative side effects of using. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, that's the same thing. We Didn't we get asked about uh, would it be beneficial to use small doses of several compounds versus a high dose of one compound? It can be. Or, or it depends on the individual, but I suppose it can be, yeah. Um, the only problem I have with that is when things go weird, you don't know what's causing it because there's so many things in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I get the disperse the toxicity across several levels yeah uh a lot of that would depend on the individual and how will they tolerate certain compounds if someone has a high tolerance to nandrolones right on nandrolone sides then they're probably better focusing on higher nandrolone cycles because their body tolerates that better rather than deliberately throwing dhts in with that if they have problems with dht so there's an element of that to it as well you know I feel like I'm doing a presentation in front of the teacher when Scott watches our podcast. I know, right? It's horrible. All I right. feel like I, yeah, I feel like I'm trying to talk in front of the teacher, and he's gonna he's gonna pull me up and tell me off for something. Scott's so smart, <laughs> but you know what? He's not a dick about it. 
You know what I'm saying? No, I know he's not. He's, like, he's not. Some he's people are smart and they're like, not. some people are smart and they're like, I'm going to use this to prove that you're actually dumb and I'm going to make you look dumb so that I feel better about myself. Scott is I the do opposite that all of that. myself. <laughs> <laughs> Scott is the opposite of that. And that's one of the things that I enjoy about him so much. He wants us to, to all have the, you know, more education. I'm going to look back here and see what else we have in the live feed. Uh, Keith Allen. What's up, Keith Allen? You know, time. actually, why, yeah. why, and Scott's going to probably get embarrassed by this, but I genuinely believe Scott is the most underrated, underappreciated. If anyone in our world is a guru and what we deal with, it's him. Hmm. That's a very nice thing for you to say. I, I generally believe, I, I feel there are people out there with much higher levels of popularity and yeah, uh, and, and probably recognition that don't deserve it anywhere near as much as Scott Stevenson does. We could make a whole podcast about that, honestly. Yeah, he, he's the guy. He's a genius. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a very brilliant person, that's for sure. I've learned a lot from him. I'm going to jump to this next question, though, so we can try to get through these, Dave. If you're done kissing ass. You done kissing ass for um, today? Oh, for fuck's sake. You know, you get cancer. <laughs> Look, just because you're a wanker, don't stop. <laughs> I'm like everybody kissed ass on your birthday video. Yeah. Oh, Scott, you're such a nice person. <laughs> okay, Keith Allen, longtime listener of the show. I got to meet him. Uh, I met him a few times at the Arnold. But we had a, we did that live podcast event, which you didn't you stood us up for at the Arnold Classic a couple of years ago. You could have been oh, yeah, there. Yeah, because I'm not allowed in America. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you this? I'm banned. What is your opinion? Uh, best over-the-counter sup? for liver support as in actual brand no i think he's just talking about if you were to go if you were to go with like a, a compound what would be a first call would probably be tudca would be my first shout Dudka. yeah well udca really you don't need the tea the tea's just in there to make it over the counter available okay so um Tuka's a good it, one, right? Yeah. That would be my my initial go to, yeah. How would you how would you run that? I'd take it. Uh, five hundred milligrams? He's, he's being clever now. Oh, he's talking about progesterone now. Scott, we're he's done with being, that. Yeah, he's just being clever now. <laughs> Scott, we're, he's saying he's telling us stuff. About progesterone stuff. stuff. See, this is the thing with Scott. You ask him one question, though. Like, we got to do... You and I, we can cover, like, 20 questions in an hour podcast. Scott and I will get 20 questions, and guess what? We get through one of them. One. <laughs> We're done with that, Scott. We're done with that. We did all the learning we could for one day about progesterone. We, we have small brains. We can't comprehend that much information. <laughs> We're doing something else now. Uh, TDCA, I would say you really want to be starting at around 500 milligrams. Starting out. So would you go even higher? Yeah, yeah, if need be. Okay. Uh, but then you would also start saying, if you're going to need a gram of TDCA, what the fuck are you doing to need that much? Hmm. Would you run that long term? Say, okay, what, where, where would be a good time that you think employing Tutka would be a, a good move? Have you just read what he's pulled? <laughs> what does he say here? <coughs> Rectal to UDCA. <laughs> All right. 
We're losing. We're losing the show here now. I'm getting, I'm getting worried about Scott and his interest in rectal things. Um, obviously, if you're doing anything that's going to cause liver stress, then it's a good supplement to add in there. So orals would be the first thing you'd be looking at. But stuff like Trent as well. Um, one of the things. One of the things that uh, you find from trend is issues with liver bile, which in then turn can start causing stomach problems. So, uh, I mean, you find most on-cycle support stacks will carry TUDCA of some form. So it, it's definitely a product that you could add in with every cycle you did. And then if you are going a bit heavier on the orals and a bit heavier on the trend side of things, then I would look at increasing the dose above what you're probably getting out of that over-the-counter. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would say another good one to look at would be NAC. Yeah, I, I, yeah, um, that was going to be my next shout. Um, I think NAC has as um, uh, a dual hit as well because there's some kidney uh, support in there at the same time. What are you doing? It can't be the dog. We're good. What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. And what were you looking behind the computer for? Doing some behind-the-scenes stuff. It's professional, Scott. Dave, I'm talking with my family, okay? I'm talking with my family. It's family business. You're adopted family. Did my mom tell you? Dave talked to my mom before the show. Listen, we got to deliver some information here so we can get through this. So, Tutka, number one. uh, And then from there, NAC. I think that Milk Thistle used to be the number one go-to. Uh, and I think that we've discovered a lot more since then, but I, I still do think yeah. that milk thistle can be beneficial, so I wouldn't write it off completely. Mm, I think it's minimal. Victoria's approach is to use things in conjunction, much like you would get in one of the, the liver yeah, supplements. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure if it, if, it, if, it, if it stands on its own merit as much as it's given to. Yeah, it, it's easy to add in. You know, there's that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's readily available. It's simple enough. It's definitely not going to do any harm. You're, you're definitely not going to have any problems with that. Yeah. Uh, Richard Foster, he has a. Does he have a. Is it a liver supplement? I, I don't think Rick does a dedicated liver supplement. Um, so Rick sort of. He stays away from producing supplements that are already well made by somebody else. Okay. Because his sort of attitude is, if someone else is already making it and they're making a good job of it, what is the point in me making an alternative? Yeah. Um, though a lot of his motivation behind his supplements is for himself, actually. So he's made quite a few subs that he's then launched commercially that he just deliberately made for himself or made for a family member. Um, found that they were good and so decided to launch them as a product. <clears throat> but yeah, he's always been very much, a, I'm not going to make something if somebody else is already doing it and they're doing a good job of it. Yeah. So he doesn't tend to make products for the sake of making them or just to add to his family of products. Um, he'll, he'll generally make a product because one, he's got a vested interest in it or he sees a reason or a need for it. Dean, Dr. Dean has uh, the supplement needs. Uh, yes, he does. Is, is and it that's supposed to be quite stack? good. Is it called the I liver think stack? It, yeah, I think it is. And that's supposed to be quite good. I've used that. Uh, I've used that. And I think JP has his version of it as well. Um, okay. I've heard some dubious stories about the quality of those products going downhill a little bit but i don't know how true that is i'm careful then because you're gonna like you're saying that publicly dave 
No, I'm just saying it on your show, Scott, because this is Scott's show. <laughs> oh, you're just so you're now I have to stand behind you, huh? Yeah, so any legal action we should be directed at Scott. I'll tell you what, I, I do know that uh, Dean is like so passionate about his formulas. Uh, we don't get any kind of kickback from it, but I believe there's either it's 10% or 20% if you use code advices at the supplementneeds.co.uk, I think, website. Uh, so that you can get some savings. That's just for the people, Dave. I don't get anything out of that. I get nothing out of anything. You get my company. Fuck's sake. You get to enjoy, uh, you know, our good times together. I enjoy talking to your mom. Dave talked to my mom before the show today. She and she's a very nice lady. Very, very nice lady, which leads me to question that you're not her, do- her son. <laughs> I think uh, you must be adopted. All right. Nick Weary had a question in here somewhere. Uh, let's see. Nick was asking about hydrolonic acid. H.A. Okay, here it is. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts on Metaform? Oh, hyaluronic acid, site injections. He says pre, so he's talking about using it as a pre-workout. Or HA with aminos spot injected pre-training. I think you're wasting your fucking money. Hmm. I don't... I've got nothing against HA, but it is effectively a water-based site enhancer. Um, so if you're taking HA, don't slag someone for taking Sinful. Um, it's it, it's a beauty product. It first found popularity in beauty because it pulls water into a cell and plumps the cell, so therefore it plumps the skin. And effectively, is this what it's doing in the muscle is it's pulling hydration into the muscle. The difference with HA is it's very long-lasting. Um, and can last several months. Exactly how long it will last in a muscle, I don't think has yet been determined. Um, I don't think there's any long-term studies on seeing how long it will increase fluid retention within a muscle, but that's basically what you're doing. Um, So it's a sight enhancer. Don't have an issue with that, but people seem to have this thing that HA is great and synthol is wrong. They're, They're just two versions of the same thing. Uh, I'll tell you what, what it's easy to put the hyaluronic acid in, that's for sure. Oh, it's definitely a lot less painful. Uh, It's definitely a lot more user-friendly. It's definitely a lot easier all round. And it it somehow has has come onto the marketplace without attaching the stigma of of a normal site enhancer. Yeah. Uh, I know that Metformin, or excuse me, Metaform, they, uh, not the owner of the company, but a friend of the owner had told me, they have a new formula. I, I had tried it, and I've talked about my experience before on our programs. Uh, but he said there's a new form. It's like a you know Metaform Ultra. I don't know. But he said that it works better than the original did, and that that's what you know a lot of the pros are using. Here's the deal. If you huh. use it, you'll see if it works or not, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't see a particular downside from it. Um I don't think there's anything that has suggested that there may be problems from using it. Um, I'm not sure if there's potential to cellular damage. Scott might know a bit more about that. It's a little bit beyond my pay grade, is that? Um, but I don't think so. I'm not saying I don't, I don't think there is. Just repeated injections into a site will cause, obviously, scar tissue will cause damage. Mm, I know that yeah. traditional uh, SEO has shown people to have problems with, you know, long-term 
damage to the muscle. This I don't know. I, I don't know enough. No, I, I'm not sure if, if filling a cell with fluid to that extent beyond what it would normally fill with is in any way going to cause, you know, issues within the cell over prolonged periods of time. Yeah. Corey Wright, he says, um, over-the-counter NAC made it script only. No, there, it's not script only. The only Here in the U.S., the only thing that changed was uh, the FDA wants it to go that route. I just bought some not too long ago. Right now, it's just that Amazon is no longer carrying it. You can still get NAC from, you know, I, I think I got mine from like All-Star Health or something. You can pick it up really anywhere except for on Amazon. So there's that. And you guys know have no problem over there, do you? No, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I've not seen anything, and it seems to be readily available. Yeah. I think that's all I've got, Dave. What do you got going on for the rest of the day? I'm going to eat. Uh, my beautiful wife is sat looking at me. I look, maybe I've done something wrong. I don't know. I've done something wrong. Does she look pissed? Huh. Is she mad? She doesn't look happy. No, she doesn't look the, the happiest bunny in the world. Well, look at who she, she ended up with. Look where she ended up. Look where she ended up in life. Well, Scott says, "Not surprised that you're unhappy because you ended up with me." <laughs> she says she gets that. <laughs> Dave, did you? I, I want to be. I'm going to be serious for a minute. She's coming in. Is she? I miss Crossland. I feel for you. Hello. <laughs> He says he feels for you, <laughs> Dave. I'm joking. You know that I. You know that I love you, right? Don't speak to me. Dave doesn't like it when you say nice things. No, you know, if, it's you know just just because you've discovered you're adopted today. Don't start giving <laughs> me shit. I didn't hide that from you. <laughs> All right, guys. And you, we, yes, Dave. <laughs> I was going to say your birthday was yesterday, so that you know you've, you're not getting anything nice today. You yeah, fuck I. Off. How old are you anyway? Your package uh, it didn't arrive yet. Yeah, I looked it. in the mail and I didn't see your package arrive yet, and I I assume it, that's it, because you know, what? you know COVID and everything. Hard, things are slow. Yeah. Well, the hardest thing for that was finding the import code for dog shit. Guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Drugs and Stuff. <laughs> Go to crosslands.org.uk. You can reach out to David there, put on 30 pounds. Uh, of course, you can reach out to me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. Uh, and of course, shop with our awesome sponsor, truenutrition.com. I get all my protein from them. I'm currently using their beta alanine, their citrulline malate. Everybody on the live feed, guys, we appreciate you hanging with us and uh, appreciate you tolerating Dave very much. And thanks, Scott, for dropping in, as in Dr. Scott. And making me feel really stupid as usual. Yeah, uh, but no, always. Mate, great to see you. Always. Thank you, Scott. We'll see you guys.